God is the heartbeat of this church. Okay? God is the heartbeat of this church. This morning we're going to be thinking about how we fill this church with God's glory and how we manage to do that. We're going to open with two songs. First of which is Faithful God. The second one is I Will Seek Your Face. Please stand with me and we'll sing together. So, welcome to the Bethel. Welcome to God's house. And hopefully you know I'm not referring to this physical building that we're sat in. But to a place where God said he will come and live. And he said that he will come and live with you and with me. Jesus told us, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with them. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. At this point, we're going to pray together. And what I'd say to you is, please join me in the way you feel comfortable. It's not about the person sat next to you. If you want to stand, stand. If you want to sit, sit. If you want to kneel, kneel. Completely up to you. But let's pray. Lord, there is no God like you in heaven or on earth. You who keep your covenant of love with your servants who continue wholeheartedly in your way. But God... Will you really dwell on earth with humans? The heavens, even the highest heavens, can't contain you. How much less this church that we have built. Yet, Lord my God, give attention to our prayer and our plea for mercy. Hear the cry and the prayer that we are praying in your presence. May your eyes be open towards this church and this people, day and night. This place where you've said you'd put your name in our hearts. May you hear the prayer we pray. Hear from heaven, your dwelling place. Amen. We're going to sing again. I wait in your sanctuary to behold your glory, the glory of my God and King. I bow down before you to worship and adore you, my God, the only one, the Holy One, the King. Just so nobody's wondering what's going on, the service will be in a slightly different order this morning. Um, 
And that does mean that as far as the announcements are concerned, they will come much later. So the one thing I'm going to do just to, just to make sure anybody joining us from elsewhere this morning, you are most welcome. Hopefully we might go through that later on, but don't think we've missed you out. Or maybe not. Who cares? So, <clears throat> for those of us who were here last week, you might have noticed that the prayer I opened with um, was inspired through what Malcolm said to us last week. Um, for anyone that wasn't here, Malcolm spoke about humility and the need to humble ourselves before God. And he used the example of Solomon consecrating the temple. And we spent some time looking at the events of Second Chronicles chapter 6 and 7. So, brief summary, and then we'll get back into it. So I make no apology that I'm going to cover some of the same ground. Because... And I'm glad he's here, because it was that good. Okay, so, Solomon had built a temple, completing the work David, his father, wanted to do, but couldn't. Solomon was serving the people, but more than that, he was serving God. And at the consecration of the temple, offerings were given to God. Fifteen days of sacrifices. If you wish, please turn to Second Samuel 7. Because I'm just going to read some of it again, just to give us a bit of context. Second Samuel 7. <coughs> when Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. When all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground and they worshipped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, He is good. His love endures forever. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord. And King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 head of cattle and 120,000 sheep and goats. So the king and all the people dedicated the temple of God. The priests took their positions, as did the Levites, with the Lord's musical instruments, which King David had made for praising the Lord and which were used when he gave thanks, saying, His love endures forever. Opposite the Levites, the priests blew the trumpets and all the Israelites were standing. Solomon consecrated the middle part of the courtyard in front of the temple of the Lord. And there he offered burnt offerings and the fat of the fellowship offerings because the bronze altar he had made couldn't hold the burnt offerings, the grain offerings and the fat fat portions. So Solomon observed the festival at the time at that time for seven days and all Israel with him a vast assembly people from Libo Hamath to the Wadi of Egypt for anybody who doesn't know like me when I heard it first time that's north to south on the eighth day they held an assembly for they had celebrated the dedication of the altar for seven days and the festival for seven days more and on the 23rd day of the seventh month he sent the people to their homes. You will be pleased to know that our breaking of bread this morning will not last 
for 15 days. You'll be delighted to know that our breaking of bread this morning will not include the sacrifice of any goats, any sheep or any cattle. The threshing floor will not need to be consecrated because there's not enough room for the sacrifice. And comparatively, this morning, our breaking of bread will be quite a low-key affair. But let's be really clear. The sacrifice we visualise in the death of Jesus is far more outreaching than anything Solomon did. It's sometimes, so this is me speaking about my experience, maybe you can go with me on it. Sometimes too easy to sit here on a Sunday morning and let the morning and let its significance wash over you and just let everything happen. I've done it and I regret it. And what we need to do this morning is get in touch with this God who reaches out to people and does whatever is necessary to make a connection. He found the way to us by speaking to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. I tend to think about the crucifixion. And I tend to think about what a horrible, horrible death it must have been. And at times I tend to think about that as Jesus' sacrifice. But that wasn't just his sacrifice. His sacrifice was all his life. His sacrifice was everything he was everything he did, everything he thought, everything he said. Not just the horrible death at the end. But Jesus' life was given over so that we, you and I, can know the one true God. We can listen to what he has to say to us. We can live with the one true God. We can experience God in our everyday. And we can hear God's heartbeat. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin. And heal their land. And since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathise with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. And yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This isn't just bread and wine. This isn't just a simple remembrance. This is life-changing. This should have 
an immense impact on our lives. In a few minutes, we are going to break bread and drink wine. But before we do that, I'm just going to give you some time to yourselves with your God. I'm going to give you some time in silence. So I'm going to break the bread. I'm going to pour the wine now. And after that period of silence, Simon will come and pray for the bread. Lord Almighty, we have come into your presence, into your sanctuary to praise and to honour and to glorify you. For you are the almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. And Lord, we have come to remember, but not just to remember what you've done for us, but to, to rededicate ourselves, to try and do better. Because you have done everything for us. Through the Lord Jesus, you gave us life. And Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you gave your whole life. Every day, Lord, you lived you thought about others. You put your God before yourself. And so we honour and we praise you. And Lord, we have come into your presence, our minds full of many other things. At this time, Lord, just help us to refocus our minds so that when we leave, we can take a bit of this place with us we can take the peace that you offer with us into the turmoil of this world and so lord we thank you so much for this time where we can remember your sacrifice through this bread lord god we honor and we praise you amen Heavenly Father, it is indeed humbling that, the, that you, the creator of the universe, want us to be your children. That you want us so much that you sent Jesus to show us, sent your son to die for us, to help us understand how much you want us. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you, the born to be the king of the world, 
would die for us. That we might approach your throne, your Father's throne, with confidence at this time. And it's humbling that you are here with us now as we share this wine and remember your love and, and your sacrifice. We can, we can look forward to the time when we will share it with you. But for now we share it, this little family, and we thank you for this family, for this place, for this time. And as we share it, Lord Jesus, we pray that you will uh, renew in us the hope that we have in you. And help us to remember every moment that you are at our shoulder because we are your brothers and sisters and we thank you for this. Amen. This is the covenant I will make with them after that time. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body, And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw dear to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Or as the message puts it, so let's do it. Full of belief, confidence, that we are presentable, inside and out. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. Not avoiding worshipping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. So, you can guess what's coming next. How do we spur each other on? How do we get to the stage, going back to that first reading in, in, in Chronicles, how do we get to the stage where there is no room for us in this church because the glory of God fills it? How do we get to the stage where there is no room for me? And that's the me that is the me today. And the you that is the you today, if you see what I mean. How do we get so in touch, so in line with God's heartbeat, 
that we can let his glory fill us. How do we get to the place where this is more about God and less about us? And what is it that actually brings each one of you into this place this morning? I'm going to make a suggestion and I'll see how many nods I get. It's to interact with God. Now that might not be the first thing that came into your mind, but let me tell you, it should be the first. It's not the first thing I always think about, but that's what it's about. That's what this is about. This is interacting with God. This is a place, this environment, not this place, but this experience is about interacting with God. It's a place where we hear God. It's a place where we feel God. And it's a place... I did wonder about doing the uncomfortable thing, but you'll see where I'm going, where you stand up and look around and you see God in each other. I'm not going to do that. But I'm going to let you think about that for a minute. How do you look around and see God in each other? What are the characteristics that you bring that are godly? And how can you make them more godlike? And each one of us needs to see our place, needs to see our part in this church and understand the role we play in filling this church with the glory of God to make his fullness happen. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And God says, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. I've chosen and consecrated this place so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. God is the heartbeat of this church. And this church is very much about people. This church is very much about the way we interact. This church is very much about the things we plan, the things we prepare, the things we do. And this church is very much about the people who go through difficulties and times of all sorts of problems and issues and otherwise. Probably won't surprise you that I'm leading in to Steve coming forward and sharing news about what we're planning in this church to bring glory to God. I can't welcome everybody by name, because I can't remember all your names. But it is good to see all of you. Uh, I don't even know some of you, so that's even nicer to see you. So uh, I'll leave it incumbent on members of this ecclesia to welcome uh, those who aren't, who aren't so well known. Uh, and make sure that you you feel welcome when you're here. So there's a, cu- a couple of things as well that Anne gave me. Nikki has uh, had some issues this week that have been quite challenging, and so we keep her in our thoughts. But on the positive side, Sam has had a particularly good couple of days at school this week, and so we thank God for that. Marion was visited during the week for a breaking of bread and seemed brighter considering all her health problems. Theo Crowther has tonsillitis, 
uh, and we pray for his speedy recovery. Janet says, we all need reminding to pray for and support David and Jessica Leach in their grieving. And also those who are applying for jobs currently. Our prayers and thoughts continue for Rob Mills, Pauline, Ian, Gladys, Gladys, uh, Steve Proven and all, all or any others who have health problems or other stresses that they're coping with at the moment. I am going to go and uh, grab a card that I'll put on the front of here at the end of this service um, for Steve Proven. We know um, where he is, or at least we think we know where he is at the moment. He hasn't been for since the 21st of December, so a month and a bit. Uh, but I thought if we could, if we could all sign a card and get it to him, at least that he'd know that we were still thinking of him. So that's all the announcements that I have and all the care news that I have. Is there anything else that you'd like us to include in our prayer today? Father, I'm very conscious that we've just heard a long list of names and the list that's in front of you is almost infinite. And so when we hear a lot of names and we think, how on earth can we cope with helping all these people or providing the answers to the problems that they face, we know that we just have to hand them over to you and your care. I forgot to mention a great grandma of mine, a grandma of mine, a great grandma of my children who had a heart attack on Friday night and you know is being looked after really well. But there'll be an even longer list in this church. There might even be some people here who need special care and concern and need your loving arms around them. So our prayer, Lord, is that you do what is needed for everyone that we've heard about and those that we haven't. Lord, you know so much better than us what the answers are for that, for those prayers. You know that most of the answers that we would come up with actually don't solve the problems. And you know that sometimes through our suffering we can be turned to you. And so I pray most of all that for those that we've heard about today, that they will, despite everything or because of everything that they're going through, find a route to you and to your son Jesus. That they will not feel lost and lonely and cut adrift. But they will feel like they are part of your plan and purpose a plan and purpose that as Trevor's tried to tell us today is all about you is all about the love that you have for us and the confidence that we should have in you help us to be practical helpers too Lord not to just finish this prayer and finish this service and hope that somebody else is dealing with a problem but to find ways to be your hands 
and feet and voice and care for those that we think about now. Keep us all close to you and your lovely son, Jesus. Amen. If that wasn't proof, that list that we just went through, that God's house is a place of continual change and things that affect us as individuals, I don't know what is. What it says on here is, God's house is a place of continual change. A living, breathing entity that continues to evolve. And why is that? Because it's made up of us. I'm not the same person I was when I joined this church. Life has happened. And it continues to challenge me. It continues to change me. Circumstances, homes, families, job, health, belief, values, new lives, deaths, hurt, joy, experience. And I choose and we choose whether we take God with us on that journey every day. That's just my stuff. But the one thing I do know is, I know you're the same. And that is, you're different to me. See, as I look around this room, some people I've known for a short period of time, some people I've known for a very long period of time. But the one thing I do know is, You're not the person I met when I first met you. Because you're not thinking in the same way you did at that point. Because life's happened to you too. We're all on the same journey, all trying to do the same thing. But we're all different. Because my journey's my journey. And Debbie's journey is Debbie's journey. David's journey is David's journey. Alex's journey is Alex's journey. I think you see where I'm going. But I'd suggest we're different people. But we've got one heartbeat. And that one heartbeat is God's. The thing is, when you throw us all together in this family, in this church, in this faith, in this faith, you can understand why it's not always easy and why it's not always straightforward. And that's why we live in constant change. And change is good, but change is unnerving and change is unsettling at times. Because we're all busy, we're all juggling. We're all trying to work out our level of response, our level of involvement, our interaction, our commitment. And this is not our job. This is not the thing we spend the majority of our time doing. 
So how do we keep the focus? How do we remember to be sons and daughters of God? How do we do church and organise everything and manage everything and teach everything and care for everyone and pay for everything and preach to everyone and communicate with everyone effectively? How do we do it? And the comment I pass is, if we all try and do everything, guess what's going to happen? And the answer is, it isn't going to happen. It's not going to work. So, we're going through change at the moment in this church. Um, and we're doing that in the way we try to organise ourselves. For anybody who's not a member here, this might be news to you. So, the rest of you, just for a second, bear with me. Because I'm just going to talk through some of it, just to give you an idea of what's going on. And then you'll see why I'm doing that this morning. So we've slightly changed our structure and the way things work. So we've got a recently appointed team of elders. And as it says, they're responsible for the prayer-based spiritual leadership of the church with a focus on strategy, tough decisions. And in another word, in another way of putting it, spending time thinking about some of those awkward issues that sometimes catches out. We've got a youth team. And the youth team will have a vision for all youth work. They'll consider the roles and purposes of what we should be providing, looking at gaps, looking at overlaps and making connections for the future of this church. We've got a finance team. Basically responsible for making sure we can pay for it all. We've got a buildings team to provide good stewardship of the church's buildings, including making sure it keeps going. We've got a worship and teaching team aiming to coordinate the spiritual development of this church, thinking about how we teach the Bible, how we learn within the church for the people that are in it, not just about principles, but for the people that are in it. So that'll evolve and that'll develop and that'll change. And what's Sunday morning worship about? How do we look at that going forward? As well as all the other one-off events we organise. Then we've got a preaching and outreach team, which are responsible for thinking about the people who are members of our church community, but not yet members of our church. We've got a pastoral team. And I think it's blatantly obvious. They're busy. And then we've got that little thing that keeps us all ticking over. Administration and communication. Just making sure people know what is going on. Each of those groups will have an overseer. And they'll be responsible for touching base with each other to try and understand how things are going and making sure we're all on the same track. And then communicating their work back to you so you know what's going on. See, it's really, really easy as we're all trying to spur each other on. It's really, really easy for all these people now sitting in these newly created roles to see them as tasks, to see them as job descriptions, to see them as responsibilities. And if you are a person 
And I keep quoting this number, but I'm going to drop it in there. There's 27 people in these groups so far. But if you're one of these people, what I'd like to suggest is none of these jobs, in inverted commas, are tasks. They're not responsibilities. They're not duties. They're not stress. They're not challenges. They're not about accountability. They're a privilege. And they're a pleasure. And they're an absolute joy in serving our God and filling this church with his glory. And if you're not one of those people, 27, then the whole premise of what we're trying to do is be inclusive. This is God's church. This is our service to our God. This is us spurring each other on to make this the place where God lives. To make this the place where God is involved and engaged. And the place where this place is filled with his glory. Not filled with Alex and Trev and Debbie and whatever else. Do you see what I mean? That's our goal. That's our vision. That's our focus. See this is exciting. This is life changing. This is about us as a group representing God. But there's one obvious point. None of that is new news. Just because we've had a structure change, just because we've had a different way spread out across our group, we've talked about, we've had meetings, nothing's changed about the focus of this church. Nothing's changed about the focus of who we are as people. Our vision is to spur each other on. It doesn't matter who's in what role. My responsibility to Jeff, my responsibility to Charles, my responsibility to Sarah is exactly the same as it always was. And that is, how do we show God to each other? It's all about God being glorified. It's all about God being at the centre of whatever we do, whatever we think, whatever we say. And at this point, when I was pulling this all together, I got to this point. And I've written something down on my piece of paper. And I still don't know if this is the right way to go. So I'm going to ask you to bear with me. I can only at this point put this in the hands of God. I can only put our church, I can only put our relationships, I can only put the way we grow together in the hands of God because without him we're going to fail. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to open a prayer. And I say I'm going to open a prayer because I'm not going to close it. And I'm going to allow anybody who wants to join in that prayer, verbally, to pray. Over what we've talked about, and bringing glory to God, and how we as a church work together to do that. If silence happens, fine. Not an issue. When time's passed, I'll close the prayer. Okay? Father, 
Almighty God, creator of all things and sustainer of our life, the one who allows us to breathe in and out, the one who keeps our heart beating. Father, we need to spur each other on. We need to get your energy. We need your vision. We need your strength. We need your... We need you. And we need the glory, your glory, to fill this place. Not just this building... But our hearts. Father, hear our prayer. Father, thank you for this time of dedication. Drive us forward. Help us to see you in each other. And help us to see ourselves less and less and less. Help us hear you as the heartbeat of our church. Amen. See, our attitude to each other is absolutely fundamental to how we grow. Seeing each other as God sees us. Submission, humility, forgiveness, encouragement, care. Submit yourselves then to God. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Forgiveness. We've got things wrong in the past. We get things wrong now. And we'll get things wrong in the future. But the challenge to us as a church is how we deal with that. And how we as a group come through the other side, remembering that God is our focus. How can I encourage you more? How can you encourage me more? What do we need to do? Caring for each other. The hardest piece, I think, in a church this size is how do you get to know 100 people? How do you get to know them well enough to be able to care for them? And honestly, I don't think we can. But I'm really thankful for the people who do all the work they do behind the scenes to make this church what it is. See, our only reason for being here is to give God glory. And we'll do that through each other. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion Kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other, forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, 
then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Seeing as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. It's all about God. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's all about God. I'm going to close with three songs. And I'm going to give you a little hint of what's coming. They are songs of conviction. They are songs of promise. They are songs of will. Lord of all power, I give you my will in joyful obedience, your task to fulfill. Your bondage is freedom, your service is song, and held in your keeping, my weakness is strong. I want to serve the purpose of God in my generation. I want to serve the purpose of God while I am alive. I want to give my life for something that will last forever. I delight to do your will. And then, I know this is potentially about tomorrow and the day when Jesus comes back, but why can't we make it like this now? Blessing and honour, every tongue in heaven and earth shall declare your glory. Every knee will bow at your throne in worship. You will be exalted, O God. Father God, you are our God, Lord, and we are your children. And you've called us and you've placed us in this building. Not this bricks and mortar, but this building which is your house. You have removed every barrier. You've taken away any reason not to be here. And your glory shines when all our weaknesses are put together and your strength is shown. There is no reason for us not to be here, Father. Help us to fulfill our potential and take our place. We can't say that we're not good enough because you've placed us here. We can't say that we haven't got anything to offer because you've placed us here. There are no reasons, Father. Help us to fill our potential, to grow, and for your glory to shine ever greater. Amen.